0: children were in a lunch line at school, and they were uh, making their way, getting their lunch, and they were at the front of the line, and after they picked up their tray and their plastic utensils, they started making their way through the line, and at the front of the line, at the table there, there was a basket uh, full of apples, and there was a sign next to the basket of apples which said, take only one apple, God is watching. As the students made their way through the lunch line, they got to the end of the line, and as they made their way to the end of the line, at the end of the table, there was a tray with a pile of cookies on the tray, and a student had made a sign which said, take all the cookies you want, God is watching the apples. We know that God knows us, God is watching us, God is with us, God is working in us and through us and around us because God loves us. God loves you and God loves me. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, God loves you. God has made his love for us clear to us in his word. God has made his blessings for us clear to us in his word. As we read God's word, we see over and over again the amazing unconditional Love that God has for us, which creates in us a desire to know God, and to love God, and to walk by faith in God, to obey God day by day, which is what we're going to continue doing this morning together in this time in God's Word. So if you have your scriptures, I want to invite you to open them, and I want you to turn to the Old Testament this morning, to the Old Testament book of Jonah. We are continuing in our sermon series titled Treasure Hunting. We are searching God's word for his priceless treasures of truth for us to apply in our lives and to share with others. The book of Jonah is where we will spend our time this morning. The book of Jonah is a fantastic book. The book of Jonah is not a long book. It's only four chapters and 48 verses. However, they are packed full of God's transforming truth, for our lives. The book of Jonah is home to many treasures of truth. There's one in particular, uh, a priceless treasure of God's truth that God wants us to uh, discover and to take and look at it and apply it in our lives and share it with others this day and this week. And so I'm going to begin in Jonah chapter 1. And we'll begin in verse 1. Uh, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. So we see here, quickly, we meet Jonah in verse 1, and we find out that Jonah is the son of Amittai. We know more about Jonah uh, from what we see in 2 Kings chapter 14. Uh, 2 Kings 14, if you're taking notes, just jot this passage down. 2 Kings 14, verse 25 uh, we find out a little bit more background about Jonah. Uh, it was he who restored Israel's border from Bohamath as far as the Sea of the Arabah, according to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, had spoken through his servant, the prophet Jonah, son of Amittai, from Gath Hafer. So we find here a little bit more background information about Jonah. He was a prophet of God from Israel. He spoke for God. And we know, uh, history shares with us, that he was a prophet of God who served God during the 8th century BC. Uh, he was from gath which was a village just outside of the town of Nazareth in Israel. And we know that Jonah shared a good message with king jeroboam of israel it was a message that king jeroboam of israel would lead israel to expand their borders if you see there in the beginning of verse 25 it was he who expanded the borders that he was king jeroboam god told jonah go to king jeroboam of israel and let him know he will be over leading israel during a time of prosperity from uh, a, a social context, a military context, an expansion context, and he was able to expand the borders uh, of Israel. We know that most of the prophets of God spoke for God to the people of God. That being the people of Israel or Judah, once the kingdom of Israel split uh, into the two different kingdoms, the northern and the southern kingdom. But Jonah was a prophet of God who spoke for God to a foreign nation a nation of Assyria, specifically to the people of a city in Assyria, uh, the city of Nineveh. And so we continue reading in verse two, get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has confronted me. However, Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. I want to identify uh, uh, several points from this passage here, the first three verses, uh, that will help us in our treasure hunt. Uh, as we seek to find this priceless treasure of God's truth that he has for us set aside to apply in our lives and to share with others this day and this week. So let's look at these points as we make our way through. Number one, God spoke with Jonah. God spoke with Jonah said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because it's wickedness has confronted me. It's wickedness has come before me. I have recognized its wickedness and my patience has come to an end with this wicked city of Nineveh. Nineveh was a great city, uh, as Jonah records here for us. Nineveh was uh, an important city. It was a large city. It was an an idolatrous city. It was a sinful city. It was a very violent city. It was uh, a city that had very violent, sinful, idolatrous people. God spoke with Jonah. Second point, Jonah knew it was God. Jonah knew it was God, who spoke with him. Jonah did not have to struggle with wonder or confusion about whether or not God was the one who was speaking with him. Jonah did not have to spend any time thinking to himself, well, I wonder, is this God who is telling me to go to the great city of Nineveh or is this someone else who's telling me to go to the great city of Nineveh? Or is this just something I'm making up in my own mind? Am I, am, am I thinking I'm hearing it from God, but I'm not really hearing it from God? And I'm the one who's coming up with this uh, goal to, to go to the uh, great city of Nineveh. At times in our lives, we will something will come to our mind, a thought will come to our mind, and, and God will speak to us. And because we're not clear or confident, we'll wonder, well, is this God or is this just me or is this someone else or what's going on? Jonah didn't have to worry about that. Jonah knew God was speaking to him. Jonah knew it was God who talked to him and commissioned him to go to Nineveh. The third point is Jonah understood what God said. He understood it was God and he understood what God said. Jonah understood God's message to him clearly. Get up and go to Nineveh and preach against it. He understood exactly what it was that God wanted him to do. And the exciting news for you and me today is that just as God spoke with Jonah years and years ago, God speaks with you and me today. And I want us to look at just a few points about how we know that God speaks with us and and a little bit more about how that works this morning. As we look at how God spoke with Jonah, he speaks with us today as well. The first point is that God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us. We know that God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us. Jesus told us in John 14 verse 26, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, the father will send him in my name, will teach you all things, remind you of everything I have said to you. So we know God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us. When God saves us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, God places his Holy Spirit in us. Uh, The Holy Spirit is our counselor, our helper. The Holy Spirit lives within us. He is the one who comes alongside us to encourage us and to convict us and to guide us and to teach us how to live God's way. The Holy Spirit of God takes the word of God and he teaches us what God's word says. And then he encourages and helps us to live it out day by day. God speaks to us. By his Holy Spirit who lives within us. Now, God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us through Scripture. This word is the main vehicle that God uses to speak to us. It's the main vehicle that God uses to teach us. This is the main vehicle that God uses to grow us and to change us and to mold us and to shape us into the completely devoted, fully mature disciples of Jesus. This word is God's word to you and me. When we read this word, every time we get in this word, every time we read this word, as we are reading this word right now, Now, in these moments, we are literally reading God's words to you and to me. God is speaking to us by his Holy Spirit in us through his word before us in these very moments this morning. When we read God's word, we are not reading man's words to us. We are reading God's words through man to us and for us. God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us through scripture. God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us through prayer. Jesus told us, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. The Lord told Jeremiah the prophet, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us through people. God uses us to speak to and to speak with one another, which makes sense. Because God told us in his word that we are to encourage one another daily. We're to bear with one another. We're to bear one another's burdens. We're to carry one another's burdens for each other. We are to pray with one another. We're to pray for one another. God's told us in his word that we're to forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us. God's told us in his word that we are to store, restore one another gently. When a brother or sister in Christ has wandered away from God into sin, God uses us by the Holy Spirit in us. He uses us as he speaks through us to those who have wandered from God into sin to help encourage them to come back to the Lord. God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us through our circumstances. God will speak to us through our circumstances, through the trials and the tests of faith that come our way. We see evidence of this throughout God's word. I think of Paul and Silas. They were uh, there in prison, and they had been thrown into prison. They had been beaten. They had been flogged. It was about midnight. Uh, Paul and Silas were chained together. They were singing praises to God. They were praying to God. And then a violent earthquake came. That's quite a circumstance. A violent earthquake came, and immediately the earthquake was so great that it threw off the chains that bound Paul and Silas. It threw open the prison doors, literally allowing them, if they so chose, to walk right out of the prison and go back to where uh, they were staying and where they wanted to go. And yet God, in that moment, spoke to them and said, Stay, don't leave. Don't leave. Stay. Because I want you to witness to the jailer and his family, which is exactly what Paul and Silas did. And the jailer and his family received God's gift of salvation by placing their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And then they were baptized as a result of that decision in obedience to the Lord. And so we see, we see that God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us. The second point we know, when God speaks to us, he is clear with us. God was clear with Jonah. Jonah didn't have to wonder. He wasn't confused. God didn't play hide and seek with Jonah. Jonah knew what God was saying. And when God speaks to us, he is clear with us. God doesn't want us to try to get confused, he doesn't want us to guess what he wants from us. When God speaks to us, he has a clear purpose in mind for us. Because as God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us, there's a purpose. And we see every time God speaks to us, there's three purposes that God has for us. We see it here with Jonah. We see it throughout the word. When God speaks to you, there are three purposes that you can count on. Three purposes that you can count on when God speaks to you. Whatever it is that he calls you to do, there's three purposes that he has in mind for you. We see these purposes with Jonah when God spoke to Jonah. The first purpose is God wants fellowship with us. When God speaks to us, He wants fellowship with us. When God spoke to Jonah and said, get up and go to Nineveh and preach against it, God wanted to fellowship with Jonah. God wanted to spend time with Jonah. God wanted to interact with Jonah. Why do we know this? We know this because Nineveh was a long way away from Israel. And for Jonah to get up and to obey God and to make his way to Nineveh, there would have been plenty of time for God to speak with Jonah and to encourage Jonah and to prepare Jonah for what he was getting ready to do in and through Jonah. God wanted to fellowship with Jonah. And when God speaks to us today, understand and know that God wants to fellowship with us. God wants to fellowship with you and he wants to fellowship with me. God wants to spend time with us. When God speaks to us, he wants us to walk with him and talk with him and dwell on him. And think about him in all our ways. He wants us to spend time with him. He wants to prepare us for what he has in store for us. And so we understand and realize this key point. When God speaks to us, he wants fellowship with us. He wants us to spend time with him. Second purpose that God has in mind for us, when he speaks to us, God wants faithfulness in us. God wants faithfulness in us. God wanted Jonah to get up and to go to Nineveh, to follow him by faith. It was real simple. God made it clear, and what God wanted was to fellowship with Jonah, and what God wanted was faithfulness in Jonah. He wanted Jonah to get up and say, yes, sir, and to start making his way by faith to Nineveh. When God speaks to us, he wants us to follow him by faith. When God speaks to us, he wants us to believe him and to trust him and to follow him by faith. Listen, whatever it is that God says to us is best for us. I think we would all agree with that. Whatever it is that God says to us is best for us. There will never be anything that God says to you that is not best for you. There will never be anything that God says to you and me that's not best for those he places around us. So we know and understand when God speaks to us, He wants fellowship with us because he wants to continue growing that relationship that we have with him. We know he wants faithfulness in us because we know whatever it is he's saying to us is best for us. What he told Jonah was best for Jonah. What he told Jonah was best for the people of Nineveh. Uh, What he told Jonah was best for all of us today as we continue to study this word as as had all of the brothers and sisters in Christ throughout history study this word. It was best. And so he obviously, because of this reality, wants us to believe him and to follow him by faith. The writer of Hebrews reminded us, without faith, it is impossible for us to please God. We cannot please God apart from our faith in God. God wants us to believe him and trust him and follow him. And there's no reason for us not to, no matter what it is that he says to us, no matter how scary it may be, no matter how outside our comfort zones God's words to us may be for us, we are still called to faithfulness in and through us because it's best for us. And so we see this clearly in this example. We see it in our lives as well. God wants us to follow him, and we're blessed as we do. And then we also see the third purpose is that God wants fruitfulness from us. He wants fruitfulness from us. When God speaks to us, he wants us to. Uh, to be fruitful and do what he's calling us to do. God spoke to Jonah, and God wanted Jonah to go to the people of Nineveh because God wanted Jonah to preach against the Ninevites because God wanted the Ninevites to repent of their sin and to respond through belief and faith in him. God wanted Jonah to show His grace and compassion and mercy to the people of Nineveh. That's why he wanted fellowship, he wanted faithfulness, but he also wanted fruitfulness from Jonah. He wanted Jonah to be fruitful and do what it was he was preparing and calling and equipping Jonah to do. And when God speaks to us, God wants to use us in others' lives. Remember, when God speaks to us, it's always for us, and we've shared this over and over again. When God speaks to you and me, what he says to us is always for us, but it's always for those he places around us as well. And so we know that when God speaks to us, he calls us to take a step of faith, he's wanting us to take that step of faith because he's going to use us, he's going to help us to get involved In others' lives, God wants us to be vessels of His blessings, compassion, grace, love, mercy, and truth to those He places around us. And so as we follow God by faith, we are used by God to bless others for God. As you follow God by your faith in God, God will use you to bless others for God. As you fellowship with God and think about him and dwell on him in all your ways, and as you walk by faith in him, as he calls you to take those steps of faith, then no one understands, as God calls you, he's gonna equip you, he's gonna use you to do what he is calling you to do, and he's gonna use you as his vessel of blessing in others' lives, which always results in blessings in our lives, amen? Whenever we serve and bless and minister to others, we are always the one who was blessed most. And so we see God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us. When God speaks to us, he is clear with us. When God speaks to us, the third point, he is consistent with his word. When God speaks to you and me, he is consistent with his word. When God spoke to Jonah and said, get up and go to Nineveh, God was consistent with his word. God was consistent with who he has revealed himself to be in his word. God was consistent with the truth of his word. God sent Jonah to preach against the Ninevites because God is a holy God who hates sin and the sin of the Ninevites had confronted him. God sent Jonah to preach against the Ninevites because God is a loving God who loves all those he's created. God sent Jonah to preach against the Ninevites because God is a merciful and compassionate God. And God loves to forgive sin when his creation cries out in confession to him. God sent Jonah to preach against the Ninevites. And as God did, he was completely consistent with the truth of his word. God was acting And speaking to Jonah in a way that was consistent with the truth of his word, consistent with who God has revealed himself to us to be in his word. And when God speaks to us, no, his words to us will be consistent with his word before us. God's word to us will be consistent with his words before us. When God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us through scripture, through prayer, through circumstances, through people, understand and know that whatever God says to us will always be consistent with what God has written for us. If someone comes to you and says, the Lord told me to do this, the this must be in accordance with this word. If it's not, then that did not come from the Lord. If someone says, well, the reason I'm doing this is because God called, God called me to do this. God told me to do this. Just You can smile and you can just check it with the word. You can check whether God's calling you to do something with his word. You can certainly check to make sure that God is calling others to do what it is they're saying he's calling them to do with his word. Because here's the reality we know from the Lord. We know from his word. We know from our relationship with him. God will never contradict his written word. He will never, ever contradict his written word. God is not going to tell you or me to do something today that is contradictory to the word of God. He's not going to do that. And so if someone says, well, God told me to do this, and you know and understand and realize that it's not in line with what the word of God said, then you know and understand that it's not God who told them to do that. I I don't know who it is. Maybe it was themselves. They wanted to do it. Maybe someone else encouraged them and influenced them. But it wasn't God, because God will never contradict his word, which is a wonderful blessing for you and me today. It provides us with great peace. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times where situations come up, where uh, questions come up, where decisions come up, where thoughts come in my mind, and I I go right back and say, okay, how can I match this? Does this match with the word? Is this consistent with the Word of God? Is this consistent with the way God has revealed Himself to us in His Word? Is it consistent with what God has said before? Does it match up with His truth? And in those times where the answer is yes, then we move forward by faith and courage, trusting God, believing Him. But if not, we can understand and realize, then we don't don't need to go there. Uh, We don't need to do that because it's not in line with the Word. So we see... God spoke with Jonah. Jonah uh, knew it was God. Jonah understood what God said. We as well understand and realize that God speaks to us. And we can know that it's God. And we can understand what God says because God makes it clear to us. He's consistent with his word. He speaks to us on a day-by-day basis all throughout the day. By his Holy Spirit in us. We see the fourth point is that Jonah disobeyed God. Look at verse 3 again. However, Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish. Now that, however, means God talked to Jonah and God was clear with Jonah. And God said, get up and go to Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up to me. Everything that we've just said. And then we see that, however, Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. Jonah disobeyed God. Jonah got up and he ran from God, not with God. He ran from God, not to God. Jonah got up to flee from the Lord's presence. He got up to flee from the Lord's presence. God said, go. And Jonah said, no, not to Nineveh. And he ran from the Lord's presence. Now, Geography real quick will tell us that Nineveh was due east of Israel, and Tarshish was exactly due west. So we know what Jonah did was he went in the opposite direction of God. He disobeyed God. God said, "Go to your right, and Jonah went to his left. Jonah disobeyed God. Jonah did what he wanted rather than what God wanted Jonah followed his will rather than God's will. Jonah went in the exact opposite direction from God, which is exactly what sin is. It's what disobedience to God is. It's going in the opposite direction from God. And I think it's interesting in verse three that we see from the Lord's presence is recorded twice in this verse. We also notice that Tarshish, which was the desired destination of Jonah's disobedience is mentioned three times in this one verse, verse three, two mentions and three mentions that emphasize Jonah's disobedience to God that emphasize to you and me today that disobedience is not the right choice. It's not the right decision. It does not end well, no matter how enticing the sin may look. You always have to remember there's a hook. The bait may look good, but there's a hook underneath that bait, and it's not good, and it doesn't feel good, and so we see this play out in Jonah's life. Let me just show you three things that sin does, three things that sin did to Jonah, same three things that sin does to us. There's many other things that we could take and look at this, but we'll just keep it to these three here as we kind of summarize and paraphrase chapters uh, one and two in this part of this passage. Uh, We won't be able to read all of them in in specific, but we'll certainly paraphrase as we see what sin does. Number one, sin takes us down. Just know and understand, sin takes you down and sin takes me down. We see this here, sin took Jonah, if you look in verse 3, down to Joppa. Joppa was a city on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea during this time. Joppa today is part of the city of Tel Aviv. One of the major cities, the major city in the nation of Israel, uh, right there, same spot, the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, and so we see Jonah's sin took him down to Joppa. Jonah's sin took him down into the boat. Jonah's sin, if you continue reading chapter 1, took him down into the bottom, into the depth of the boat. Jonah's sin took him down into a deep sleep in the boat, in the bottom of the boat. Jonah's sin took him down into the waters of the Mediterranean Sea. Jonah's sin took him down into the belly of the great fish, into the depths of the Mediterranean Sea. So Jonah's sin took him down. And our sin takes us down today. Our sin takes us down away from God, away from the truth of God's word, away from God's people, and away from God's plan and desire for our lives, away from the blessings that God has for us that come through obedience. As we see with Jonah, as he continued in his sin and did not respond in confession, he just kept going further and further and further and further and further away from the Lord. Not outside of the Lord's view and not outside of the Lord's reach, praise God. None of us go that far. But he kept drifting further and further and further. We also see sin takes us down, but sin is expensive. Sin is expensive. Sin cost Jonah. Jonah's sin cost him financially. Financially. He had to pay the fare to get on the boat to run away from the Lord. Jonah's sin cost him his fellowship with God. Jonah's sin cost him his witnessing opportunities to the sailors on the boat. Jonah's sin cost him his comfort as he was thrown overboard into the Mediterranean Sea. Jonah's sin cost him his comfort as he ended up having a three-day, three-night staycation in the belly of the fish. And Jonah understood and shared that, that he was in that fish. I mean, he got graphic in chapter 2. And Jonah's sin cost him God's blessings that come to those who are obedient and faithful to the Lord. God blesses obedience. God disciplines disobedience. And so anytime we're walking in disobedience to God and the longer we stay in disobedience to God, the more we are missing out on the blessings of God. Because God will not bless our disobedience. No matter what we may think, no matter how we may try to justify it, no matter what the world feeds our minds and how we buy into what the world says and how we listen and we think, well, that's okay. We're doing what we should do and no one else understands us. Well, here's the point. God understands you and you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're not doing what God wants you to do. You're doing what you want to do and God's not going to bless it. He's not going to bless it. And so we need to understand sin is expensive. I love what the one pastor said, said this before. He said, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. And that is so true. Sin costs us today. Sin is expensive to you and me. Sin costs us our fellowship with God. It doesn't cost us our relationship with God. We know that once we're saved, we're always saved. Once we're saved, we're changed. It costs our fellowship with God, that intimate fellowship with Him, because we've turned away from Him. It costs us our witnessing opportunities. It costs us our comfort. Sin costs us the blessings of God that come to us when we're walking in obedience to God. Hey, listen, at times, sin costs us our jobs, our families, our marriages, and our integrity. Sin's expensive. Sin rings up a bill that, truth of the matter is, none of us really want to pay. It looks good on the front end. Feels good on the front end. But that's only momentary. And then you begin to realize how far sin has taken us down, how costly sin has become. We also know the third point is that sin impacts others. Sin impacts others. Jonah's sin didn't just impact Jonah. And if it would have, we'd have been able to say, you know what? Okay, you got what you deserve, dude. You turned away from the Lord. You deserve that. But listen, our sin never just impacts us. It impacts others around us. It did with Jonah. Jonah's sin impacted the sailors on the boat. Jonah did not bring God's truth to the sailors on the boat. Jonah, as a prophet of God, as a spokesman for God, which is what ex- exactly what God would have wanted for Jonah, though he wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh, he still was a spokesman for God. And instead of bringing God's truth to the sailors, Jonah brought a trial into the lives of the sailors. As Jonah was running away from God, they got caught up in this situation because Jonah got on their boat. And then God sent a storm on the Mediterranean sea waters, which threatened to sink the ship and the sailors. And we see in the passage uh, that the sailors were unbelievers. They were pagans. And so when the storm came up, the picture is Jonah is in the bottom of the boat and he's sleeping. He has gone down into that deep sleep. And these sailors are freaking out. They're crying out to their gods. They were pagans. They were unbelievers. They were, bel- they were crying out to all their different gods for help, which didn't help because there's only one true Almighty God who can help. And so at that point, everything was going, uh, not good. The storm was continuing to rage. They were throwing cargo over the ship to try to take to life the ship to make sure it wouldn't sink and wouldn't separate and blow up. And then the captain thinks, hey, we got one more down here. He goes down, wake up, Jonah, call on your God. Maybe someone's God will help us. And hopefully someone's God can answer our prayers or the prayer of someone so that we won't die. These sailors were professional sailors. They knew what it was to be on the waters of the Mediterranean Sea. They knew what it was to sail in storms. They knew what it was to sail in peace. These guys thought they were going to die. So we know the storm was severe. We also know the storm was part of God's conviction in Jonah's life. And so Jonah gets up and Jonah begins to pray and Jonah begins to answer their questions and they asked Jonah, who are you? What's going on? What's happening? Jonah said, I am Jonah and I worship the God of heavens who made the sea and the dry land. And the guys went, Oh my goodness. What? We're done. You are the one who worships the God of the heavens, the one who made the seas and the dry land. We're done. It's like moving into a new house and finding out your neighbor is a pastor. Oh my goodness, we're done. We're done. He's just gonna wanna pray and he's gonna wanna talk he's gonna wanna witness to us all the time. We're not gonna be able to get out. We're not gonna go anywhere. He's gonna be always around and looking. Are you kidding me? Oh my goodness. These guys are saying... These, I appreciate that. Amen. The, uh, uh, that's happened to some people here, believe it or not. They'll give you testimony to that. These guys, they, they were unbelievers, but they were spiritual men. They were spiritual men. They, they just didn't believe in the right God, but they understood spirituality, and they were crying out to all their gods, and their gods weren't helping. They couldn't help But they knew enough to know when Jonah told them, I worship God. God of the heavens made the sea and the dry land. They knew, oh, uh oh. Uh, And we see uh, ultimately what happened as they tossed Jonah overboard and, and the sea stopped its raging. Sin impacts others. Sin takes us down as expensive and it impacts others. Sin costs us our witnessing opportunities. And sin impacts others. And it keeps us from bringing blessings to others. And instead, it causes us to bring burdens for others. Sin in our lives, when we're disobeying God, it keeps us from pointing others to Jesus. And it actually causes us to push others away from Jesus. And so we see this is exactly what was happening. Jonah, knowing all that God had said, understanding what God said, he disobeyed God. And then we get to the fifth point. And the fifth point is God gave Jonah a second chance. God gave Jonah a second chance. Jonah... As he got up to flee from the Lord's presence, God immediately began his conviction work on Jonah. God didn't wait to begin to convict Jonah. God began to convict Jonah of his sin from the moment Jonah got up to turn and to flee from the Lord's presence. We see in chapter 1 and verse 17, Then the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the fish three days and three nights. Understand and realize that God appointed, I love that, that the Lord appointed a fish, the Lord selected a fish, the Lord provided a fish, the Lord provided this fish. He appointed the great fish as part of his conviction work in Jonah's life. The good news for you and me is when we sin against God and we walk in disobedience to God and we turn from God, no matter how far we may walk from him, God pursues us, God chases us, God convicts us. And we see that God was doing this. Now, Jonah did not turn back to God until he hit rock bottom. Jonah didn't turn back to God until he hit rock bottom. And we see here that The Lord provided a fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah said it was during that time in the fish. I was in the fish three days and three nights. And the the Lord provided the fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah said at that point in chapter two, I sank down to the depths of the sea. I sank down in the fish, down to the foundations of the mountains. He said seaweed was wrapped around my head. I don't know about you. But that sounds like rock bottom to me. Sounds like rock bottom. And this is how Jonah was describing this situation. And God convicted Jonah because God loved Jonah. God convicted Jonah because God wanted Jonah to confess his sin. God convicted Jonah because God was not through with Jonah yet. And God convicts us because he loves us. God convicts us because he wants us to confess our sins to him. And God convicts us because he wants us to know he's not through with us yet. Listen, if you're here this morning and you're walking away from the Lord, you're, there's an area of disobedience in your life. Understand and realize God is convicting you. This sermon, this morning, this time is part of God's convicting work in your life. And God wants you to confess your sin to him because he loves you and he wants you to confess your sins to him because he's not through with you yet. God convicted Jonah. And then we see Jonah, uh, God, God forgave Jonah because Jonah cried out to God. Jonah finally turned to God uh, in seeking for forgiveness. In Jonah chapter 2 verse 7, Jonah said, As my life was fading away, literally as my life, as I saw my life coming to an end, I remembered the Lord. My prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Jonah Confessed his sin to God. Now, I want to make it clear to all of us this morning, lest we make the same mistake Jonah made, we do not have to wait until we hit rock bottom to confess our sins to God. The best policy is to confess quickly. However, if you get to rock bottom, then by all means, look up because there's nowhere else to look and confess your sin to God and return to him. We know that the scriptures teach us if we confess our sins, God is faithful, he's just. He'll forgive us our sins, he'll purify us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And here's what God does, which is amazing. When God convicts us and we confess our sins, God forgives us our sin and then God restores our fellowship to him. He placed that sin as far as the east is from the west. He doesn't remember anymore. He restores our fellowship to him, which brings us to the priceless treasure of God's truth in this passage, Jonah chapter three, Beginning in verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Let's say that together out loud. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. There are very few verses in God's word that are more encouraging than that verse right there. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh Nineveh, and preach the message that I will give to you. So Jonah got up and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's command. Now Nineveh was an extremely large city, a 3 day walk God gave Jonah a second chance God gave Jonah a second chance because God wasn't through with Jonah God gave Jonah a second chance because God wanted to use Jonah to call the people of Nineveh to repentance and faith in him praise God he is the God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances praise God the word of the Lord comes to us a second time amen give the Lord a hand amen 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 Praise the Lord. The word of the Lord comes to us a second time. Praise the Lord. God doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. Praise the Lord God convicts us when we sin against him. Praise the Lord God forgives us when we confess our sins to him. Praise God he restores our fellowship with him. Praise God he empowers us to walk in obedience as we run back to him. Praise God he uses us in others lives and his work in others lives again. Praise God he restores the blessings that come to us from obedience to him. Praise God he gives us second and third and fourth chances over and over and over again. The point this morning from this message from God to you and from God to me is God is not through with you yet and God is not through with me yet. God is ready to give us a second chance God wants every one of us to understand he is the god of second chances God is not through with you he's not through with me God's not through with our families God's not through with our marriages God's not through with our friendships God's not through with our witnessing opportunities at work God's not through with our witnessing opportunities at home God's not through with our witnessing opportunities with all of our friendships God's not through with our witnessing opportunities and all of our realms of influence God is the god of second chances and so God wants us this morning to run to him, not from him. God wants us to run with him, not from him. God wants us to place our faith in him. Listen, if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's never been a time that you can look back to and you, you can know that you know that you know that you have received God's gift of salvation by placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Then understand and realize the point of this morning, the point of this passage, the point of God's message to you is he is not through with you what he wants is a relationship with you place your faith in him receive his gift of salvation today listen my brothers and sisters in Christ confess your sins to God once and for all cry out to God confess your sin to God walk in obedience to God empowered by God again this day and this week and For those who are followers of Jesus Christ, understand what God wants is to make the most of the second chance he's giving you right now. Make the most of this second chance. Tell people about Jesus. Encourage one another daily. Bear with one another. Pray with one another and for one another right here, right now, this morning. Make the most of this second chance. Make the most of the opportunity that God's given you this morning. Confess your sins to him. Bless a brother or sister in Christ. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Thank God for what he is doing in your life. Praise God for who he is. Rejoice in the Lord this morning. Run to him. Cry out to him. Renew your commitment to him and get ready to be used by him because God is not through with you. Now in prayer, our worship team is going to come and lead us in this invitation. Our prayer partners.